Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Welcome to episode 32 of The Reclaimed Leader, helping you lead change without losing your roots. I am Jason Tucker, here with Jesse Skiffington. How are you doing, Jesse? Doing very good, Jason. Uh, enjoying sort of getting back into the flow of things. And uh, uh, for those listening in, maybe you caught some of the, the conference podcasting that we did beforehand and after the Rethink Leadership stuff. And uh, so getting back into the grind of the week and the reality of sermons and staff meetings and all that kind of stuff. So uh, but it's good. It's good to be back and, and putting some of the things we learned into action or at least overwhelming our staff with a whole bunch of <laughs> Yeah, I know. Totally. So it's funny because we made a big deal about when you come back, remember, don't overwhelm your staff. Uh, remember, they weren't at the conference with you. And we had talked about that leading up. And so when I came back all fired up, I was so conscious of that. And, uh, and yet I couldn't help just share a little bit. Uh, we were talking, I was talking with our uh, kids director, Lindsay, who is a guest on this week's podcast. We interview uh, Lindsay and Amanda, who is the uh, director at Marine View. Uh, we're talking about kids ministry and VBS and what we do in the summer. But anyway, I was, t- I was talking to Lindsay Monday. She's the only one in the, in the kids office at the moment. I walk in and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm so excited. So fired up. Uh, from being at the conference about family ministry and all that stuff. But, well, but you know, I won't talk to you about it now. You know, I'll talk to you about it later, but, but there's just this one thing. And I, I definitely had a little like, <laughs> like moment where I just couldn't help myself, but she, I mean, she was great too, because it's definitely like right in the wheelhouse of what we've been talking about together yeah. about nice. the priority of yeah. families. For and kids. sure. Yeah. It was so funny though. Cause I'm catching myself talking about, it. I'm like, stop yeah. it. Yeah, I, it's hard not to because when you come back, you're excited. And, and if you say anything, you end up saying it all is basically what it comes down to. That's yeah. what so, I learned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Kind of similar experience and uh, lots of lots of good things. Lots of good things to keep, keep working on. I think what was nice coming back and it, it, there was nothing that I felt like came out of the conference where I was like, man, we need a seismic shift here in the, our thinking or in our strategy. It was more like, hey, keep up the good work. Let's keep down this trail. Let's let's make this a little bit better. Let's uh, tweak this thing. And so it was um, it was nice to come back and say to the staff, I think we're really on the right track in our thinking and the way that we're asking questions and, and approaching problems. So um, yeah, I think uh, the staff was ready, waiting to get run over by all the ideas <laughs> and stuff. So um, one of the staff though is Amanda Forbes, who um, will be part of the conversation today, and uh, we're talking uh, children's kids world, uh, environments for kids, uh, kind of from birth through fifth grade and some into middle school a little bit, but really talking kind of the elementary age and younger crowd. And what are we doing, uh, when it comes to summertime stuff from vacation Bible school to our, our, you know, our Sunday environments for kids, um, giving breaks to volunteers in the summer months. Uh, uh how do we deal with lower attendance in the summer months and kind of adjust things in a way that doesn't, 
cause us to lose momentum, but also give some breathing room for our, our teams. And so that's the conversation we're having today. And I think you're going to enjoy it if you're a senior leader and you're, you know, you're, you kind of wonder what's going on in the minds of some of the children's world people, whether it's volunteers or staff kind of gives you a little window into their mindset and some of the ways that the decisions that guys like you and I make, Jason, how that impacts things for them. And, and uh, I know that I'm put Amanda through a lot of changes over the years because we keep changing our model and trying to adapt to uh, a changing environment. So uh, looking forward to sharing them with you. And in the meantime, we want to keep pointing you toward our uh, po- podcast sponsor, Belay. And uh, Jason, you're, you're just totally on board with what they're offering and what that experience has been like for you. And so how can folks get more information, learn more about Belay and some of the services they offer? Yeah, uh, Belay Solutions uh, was introduced to me really by listening to other podcasts, Andy Stanley's podcast and Carrie Newhouse podcast. And truly what I've discovered is if you if you feel like you are overwhelmed with administrative work, you have all this stuff on your plate and you feel like it's taking away from your ability to focus on what matters most, I think Belay Solutions is a possibility for you at least to consider. They have these really great professionals, virtual assistants. They also do have people who do bookkeeping as well, if that's an issue that that maybe you're in a smaller church and that's also on your plate as a senior leader. Uh, or they also have webmasters. So let's say your church has a website, but you're not exactly sure how to maintain it or make sure the security is going or how to put a form on there. They have these different services that are really designed to free pastors up from all that stuff that gets in the way of you really focusing on the mission and vision of the church. And so uh, if you want more information about Belay, you can go to Belay, B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com forward slash Reclaim Leader to get a free download about uh, more information about you know how a virtual assistant can help you in your ministry. Sure. And if people want to know more about that, you know, they could email you directly and, or even just pick up the phone and call you, you know, connect over email first and then have a conversation. I'm sure you'd be willing to share what your experience has been. Um, You know, we haven't quite pulled the trigger yet on that, but something we're considering more in the, in sort of the web services area. We need, we need help with our online presence. All, all churches do. And so um, lots of ways you can get sort of plugged in with Belay to think about, uh, some solutions that bring professionals into some key needs in your life that finding part-time staff for is going to be really difficult. And so anyway, thanks Jason for sharing your experience and we're looking forward to sharing Amanda and Lindsay with you. And so without further ado, here's our conversation with Lindsay and Amanda. Well, welcome everybody. Glad we can be together today. We actually have kind of a, a fun conversation, Jason, today. We're, there's four of us here. We're going to be talking together. Uh, you have your director of kids ministry from Tower Hill. Lindsay is with us. Welcome, Lindsay. Get, glad to see you today. Thank you. Sorry that you have to suffer, you know, what you have to suffer, you know, working for Jason, but you know, somebody's got to do it and we're glad you're there <laughs> suffering for Jesus in that way. Uh, and then uh, with me is- across the bear. That's right. It's our uh, director of children's environments, Amanda, and Amanda's here. So thanks for coming, Amanda. And, no problem. Yeah, sharing the thing. It's kind of nice, Jason, when you're the boss, you get to tell your staff, like, you're on my podcast, and they have to pretend to like <laughs> that idea. So it's really wonderful. It really works out well. That's yeah. exactly how our conversation went, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I think you texted Lindsay, and I texted Amanda from wherever we were. Maybe it was in Atlanta somewhere. I figured it was the airport. Yeah. I think I texted you from the airport, but (laughs) it was, it wasn't formed as a question as much as a, Hey, can't wait to have you on the podcast. So anyway, so that's how we ended up here. 
But uh, there's lots of things that you guys do day in and day out in ministry that as senior leaders, uh, we can either lose sight of or just not know about, or there's things that you're doing and thinking every day and throughout the week and on Sunday mornings that are transforming lives of children and families and kids. And, uh, and so your work is so important. In fact, it's, it's one of the things probably that matters most in our life together in our, in our churches. And so for guys like Jason and I, it's so good to get away to go to a conference and Jason is part of that. We, we ducked into the orange conference and they just reiterated how crucial uh, this part of our life together is. And so we're fired up about it. We're glad that you guys are here to share some of your thinking and best practices with, with us, but also with uh, folks listening in. So can't wait to see where the conversation goes. Um, we were talking beforehand. So Lindsay, you've been in your position. Tell us a little bit about how you got into your role and what, what that's been like. It's been not too long, but long enough to kind of have some, some experience behind you too. Uh, yeah, thank you. So I have, I was actually already a member here at Tower Hill Church and was an active uh, volunteer for our kids program and on the kids ministry team. Uh, when I was approached that I might be a good staff member. So it was not something I necessarily would have thought of on my own, but I'm so glad that others had that vision and foresight to bring me on the team. And I was a member of the team for almost a year until I became the, the kids director uh, last summer. Yeah. And she has a military background, which is perfect dealing with children. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I um, like it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you have the experience of both being on the volunteer side and now the staff side. And I imagine that's uh, helpful, at least from a, an experiential standpoint. You kind of get it about what volunteers are facing yeah. when, when you're kind of Absolutely. Doing yeah. Cool. And now, Amanda, you have been there a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, so tell us about, so you've been there 10 years or is it over 10 years? I have been here 10 years. Um, wow. And before that, I was a, a children's director at another church for two years. Excellent. So, so tons of experience. Tell us about how you landed at Marine View. And actually, you know, it feels like, listen, 10 years is like 50 years in church years. Right. I mean, it's yeah. like uh, you've seen you had to have seen it all. Tell us about how you kind of got to review and why you've stayed and why I've stayed. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I've originally um, got into children's ministry through a volunteer program, um, working with uh, a Bible club with uh, inner city children. And so that got me a passion for really sharing the gospel with kids and getting them excited and seeing how God can impact their life today. Um, and then we, I was in California, then we moved up here and just kind of uh, fell into uh, using those, my background really for ministry within the church. Um, I got connected with Marine View because originally I was married here and had formed a relationship That's with awesome. a previous uh, uh, assistant uh, yeah, our associate pastor. pastor yeah, yeah, associate pastor. So um, we had connected through uh, marital counseling and stuff like that. So it was a, it, an easy transition for me to get get plugged in once we were both aware that we were both looking for a, a place. So um, as far as transitions and things that I've seen here, I've been through a lot. So we've had... Um, sports ministry, camp ministry. We've had traditional Sunday school in like a classroom settings. We've had children's church. Uh, 
all different kinds of things. Wednesday night Wednesday programs. Wednesday night programs, yeah. really yeah. based upon where the church was at that point. Um, and what I like uh, about Marine View and my position here is that we are always looking at ways we can impact um, children um, uh right now currently and yeah. that looks different as you uh, as our culture changes around us and yeah. so what was um very effective 10 15 years ago isn't effective now because the kids now are so much different and what they experience in life is so much different yeah and there's some concrete examples i'm sure you guys know but some of the adaptations moving from a, a sort of a sunday school room based environment to now thinking more uh of an environment where there's a larger group setting and, and then you break into smaller groups and, and those kinds of things. But we've also noticed, and, and this, you can speak to this a little bit, probably both of you guys, but um, how kids are experiencing things at a younger and younger age. And so the content or the approach that we need to take needs to change with it. And so we've adopted some of that. We, we created a, a fourth and fifth grade environment um, a couple of years ago that feels probably a lot more like what a middle school environment would have felt like 10 years ago. And so it's just, yeah. we've had to make some changes like that along the way. So basically what we're saying is the job we hired Amanda to do has changed about 10 times in the 10 years that she's been here. <laughs> I feel like that's the same with Lizzie and she's, she's been here a year and a half. I mean, it's, right. it's in constant flux. We're always thinking about how do we reach better because uh, the landscape's changing, which is in, incredibly frustrating on one hand because you can't just land on a model. And that's tough to convince people who were doing a certain model of Sunday school for decades. Yes. That, yes. Yeah. The model we did three years ago, it doesn't even work. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was even my challenge um, coming in and trying to make changes was that we had uh, volunteer staff who were like, no, we need to be doing X, Y, Z, and this is more important. Um, and so helping them see how a relational ministry and um, how, getting the big concepts into children were is so vital um, yeah. and moving away from the fact base yeah. of ministry. So those things, you know, we content matters, but it needs to be a relationally driven content that leads them to a relationship with Jesus and not just a bunch of memorized verses as good as that is. That's not, you know, knowing all the names of the books of the Bible by second grade is that, what's you know what's more important a relationship with god or kind of knowing all those facts and so there's a way to do some of yeah, both yeah, and we've been yeah, walking yeah, that yeah, line yeah. for a while but um yeah. it's kind of tricky the other thing and i wonder i'd just be curious i'm actually kind of scared to, to hear what the answer is to this one so be nice but jason you guys have changed your time model of ministry you know your traditional service your contemporary service and you guys are kind of always in flux and we've got this crazy rolling sunday morning model and at every turn, it seems like we've asked our, our children's ministry in particular, our children's environment and Amanda to adjust to our sort of schedule and to then fit children's into that. Yeah. And so what's that experience like when you're kind of, you finally got something dialed in and then we change everything around and you have to rethink it, you know, um, how do you keep, keep positive with all the change that, that is going on in churches? Um. For me, I think I have to always remember that we are a team. We are a church body, and we are working together to meet not only the children's needs, but the family's needs. And so how can I, I best work if, if we're going in one direction and we believe that God's leading us there? How can I best work to take the time that I have to really impact the, the kids? And so, yes, that, that changes. Sometimes um, it's not um, as ideal um, as as 
you would say this is your ideal children's ministry, but you have to make the, the time that you have the most impactful and, and taking that time and not taking it for granted. Um, so currently we have about 45 minutes of content and, um, in order to do everything we'd want, we'd probably say, oh, 90 minutes would be great and awesome. But that's just not realistic for um, our church, nor the, for the families that are coming. And so um, you have to take each week and, and whoever's here saying, how can I change and make an impact for their life today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about for you, Lindsay? Have you, I'm sure Jason's throwing you curveballs. How do you, how do you navigate that stuff? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we might be in the midst of some right now. <laughs> you might want to come back to me in September and see how. Yeah. No, I, it, it's so true. You have to, I think if you remember, you know, first and foremost, why we are doing what we're doing and you remember the focus is on these kids and their relationship uh, with God and, you know, like forming that and like having a relationship with Jesus on their own. And as they continue to grow, wanting that for themselves then you can figure out any obstacle or curveball that's thrown at you because you know like what we're doing is really the most important thing in these kids' lives and partnering with their families to do it is just it's it's an incredible honor to get to be a part of it. So that's yeah. what I yeah. always try to remember. And then, you know, and really try to instill that in our volunteers too, that they, so that they really know it and feel it and it comes sure. through when they're in the classroom with the kids. And, and I think too, just to piggyback on that, I think, you know, the whole process of, I mean, we definitely continue to throw curveballs, and it's mostly <laughs> to do with experimenting with different worship uh, possibilities. You know, we did a Sunday evening and then, you know, do you think they'll be, we'll need Sunday school for that or childcare? I'm like, yes. Okay. Uh, so right. <laughs> how do we figure out how to do that? And then as we're looking into next fall, you know, it's, it's not official, but it looks like it's going in a direction of adding another, uh, worship service and what impact that will be on the kids and everything. But I feel like we've been talking all along the way. So I, I think that's something important yeah, for leaders for sure. to understand is that it's not a, the idea isn't a surprise. That's right. Yeah. Right. When it launches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I was surprised a few years ago. Which one? The Rolling Sunday? The Rolling uh, Sunday. You know, when you uh, came back from Christmas break and said, you're going to start a nine o'clock Sunday school. Program. That's right. That's in, right. Two weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. If you really are. And communication yeah. is always a good thing. Remember that if you were a head pastor. Yeah. I think so. it's so interesting if we, um, because of course you learn along the way and figure things out. So I give you a month to launch the four or five environment, which I thought was plenty, you know, that's a big upgrade from two weeks. So, <laughs> so but yes, it is open communication. We had dialogue when we, when I was realistically trying to communicate to him the issues with starting so soon, but, and so we figured it out. Yeah. But if we didn't have that open communication, um, it would have caused, I, I think a, a, a bigger rift within our team. Well, and, and, you know, you both were committed to the why, so right. you can always adjust the what and the how. Mm-hmm. That's right. But mm-hmm. if, if you agree on the why, you can you can make it happen. And you know, just when I came back uh, from this conference and we had talked, you know, we we were talking family ministry, Jesse and I, we yeah. were really revved up and fired up. And of course, I couldn't hide that for more than five That's minutes right. when I came That's back. Right. And you know, I immediately on Monday I have a conversation with Lindsay, and I'm I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm actually in the moment. <laughs> sharing this idea for family ministries. And, and we had talked about it. She knew that I had bought the curriculum and that we were talking about it, but I just, 
I, I think I even said, I'm like, oh, we'll talk about this later. And then I just talked about it. <laughs> That's right. I was just so excited. But, right. but it was cool because uh, Lindsay and I definitely have the same heart and the same, um, the same why yeah. behind, uh, you know, how do we equip our families? Basically, how do we help our families win? That's right. I love it. That's a, that's a phrase we're going to start using here too. And, and I think here's the thing, I think if you're a senior leader listening in, the reason I wanted to start here and we'll move into some other great stuff about VBS and summer Sunday school and all that, but it's because I think sometimes we, um, when you're leading from sort of the, the senior chair or something, you forget the trickle down impact of every decision sometimes. And sort of think through that stuff and realize that if you change this, man, the, the, the impact is kind of across the organization and in what ways. And I kind of wonder, Jason, if we kind of need to change our thinking and start, what if we started with what would be the very best thing for our kids and build our whole Sunday around that? Don't rather get crazy, than Jesse. Let's not get crazy. I'm not saying we should do that. I'm saying we could do that. Amanda's um, nervous. Yeah, yeah. But what if we said instead of starting with what happens for the adults in the sanctuary, we started with what happens for our kids and then created a model around that. I, I just I think there's some things we can do to to I guess identify and and sort of uh, say out loud what we know to be true that in our culture right now, family and our kids and their experiences are the preeminent value, uh, and so. How do we how do we serve people in that context when people put such a high value on on family and um, and how do we leverage it to bring yeah. them to Jesus? I mean, that's right. yeah. How do we know, help if, them take a step toward Jesus in that context? Yeah. If we've effectively made our children idols, mm-hmm. which I believe we have in our culture, mm-hmm. well, is there a silver lining to that? In that we can explain to parents, hey, look, uh, I understand you have baseball, softball, lacrosse, cheerleading, and dance this week, and you can't make it uh, to anything ever. Uh, but, but one day you might. And here's why I think it's important that you keep considering it is because we think we're going to give your kids something that's going to last eternity. And we yes, think sir. it's going to help them in everything they do in their life. And I understand that you're busy. But if you get a chance, we'd love to have you. That's right. So, so there's permission around that. And I think some of the stuff that we saw at Orange about phases of life and, you know, parenting resources, I think we can say to our, our community, we want to help you win as a family. We want to set you up for yeah. success. And we get it about your crazy lives and unreasonable expectations about how many things that you can actually do before you implode. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's such, such a crucial way of looking at an opportunity instead of uh, being frustrated about all the things that people have going on. But say, how, how do we meet them where they are? Yeah, exactly. I think, um, so Lindsay, maybe it'd be good to kind of start us thinking as we're talking about summer, you know, pastors and uh, kids, children's ministries are looking towards summer and what to do. And um, maybe if you want to share a little bit about our, our usual model and then how you adjust it for summer, because I think, don't you think, I feel like I hear from other children's people, like there's almost a sense of guilt, like, Oh, well, we, I don't know that we can do the full program this summer and, you know, and and they don't feel good about that. Like they feel guilty or, and yet uh, it just kind of is what it is and you, and you make it work. So I think uh, for leaders, just hearing about how do we do it where we are, and then maybe you guys could share about how you do it where you are. Absolutely. So in a typical Sunday here, the rest of the year, we have a 9 a.m. and 10.30 Sunday school that look very similar. We have nursery, pre-K, um, K through fifth, and then also a middle school Sunday school program. 
And then what happens though in the summer is we really want to give our volunteers a break so that they can recharge, but we want to still have Sunday school because it's so important to still have it for the kids and so that we don't lose any of that relationship that we've gained with them throughout the year. So we've altered it just a little bit. We still do have Sunday school, but we only offer the K through five at our 1030 service. And we, instead of going from the large group, breaking into our small group model that we would normally do, we only have a large group. So we still do, they still get their Bible story that day. They have a fun opener and usually a game or activity that they do with it before we bring them back to service. We also combine our nursery and pre-K into one room during the summer. And we, uh, we still have XP3, our middle school program, but we're going to be shifting it so that we have it every other weekend instead of every Sunday. And then it just gives, it gives those kids a chance to, to be in service with their parents and to experience both Sunday school and, and uh, church. So just a lot less logistics, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. Still a lot going on and still a, a lot to engage with. But, yeah. And we yeah. also, sorry, and one other thing we do is yeah. we really try to have as few volunteers staffing it as possible. So we really rely on our staff in the summers and members of our kids ministry team. And we try to get them as much as we can. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda, for us on our side, um, talk about what a a normal Sunday kind of maybe looks like and then how we adjust it. I mean, we have similar um, characteristics definitely in our planning process. So um, our school year program, um, I am running four environments. We have the nursery environments, the preschool environments, um, early or lower elementary, which is kindergarten through third grade, and then our preteen environment, which is fourth and fifth. Um, outside of that, we also do uh, middle school. So uh, lots of different things running during, during um, the school year. Every environment is uh, geared for that particular age group um, with story and uh, small group components and uh, so, and then, but it does, it t- does take a lot of volunteers in order to do that. And as most summers, uh, finding the staffing to maintain a program like that through the summer is really challenging. And as also, as Lindsay mentioned, I'm wanting to um, allow your normal volunteers or your regular volunteers to have that break, to get recharged and to be enthusiastic about coming back in the fall. And so we have a, uh, similarly um, then a kind of combined group experience. Uh, We have the nursery, which is still running for both services. And uh, our preschool only has one Sunday school at the 10 o'clock. So that's really actually very similar. We're going to be continuing on with the same curriculum because at that age, having familiarity and consistency is so important for those little guys. Um, you don't want to throw them a curveball because they could just melt down on you. <laughs> and we find actually this in our experience at the past couple summers, our preschool families and younger tend to be more consistent throughout the summer than some as they get a little older and to and gone on, uh, over weekends and stuff in later elementary too. So still doing that. So then your K, then you combine into a K through five environment, right? Almost. Okay. So oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's almost. Right. We are actually doing K through four. Because um, coming up in June, middle of June, we are graduating our fifth graders out. And that will actually help with the summer Sunday school because those kids really don't want to be associated anymore with the little guys. 
And so having them in that program has actually been, if we put them in there, has actually caused a little bit more uh, problems because we have the, the kindergartners just coming out of kindergartners and they are looking up at the older grades and going, oh, let's look at them. Let's, let's model them. But if our older grade does not want to be there, that's not necessarily that's right. the best model. So we're trying to sing in worship and the fifth graders are you know, pouting about it or causing problems and our little first graders are going, oh, that's what we should be acting like. So uh, anyway, but, so, yeah. That's yeah good so thing. we have um, a large group um, experience with small group breakouts. So before that lower element or that elementary period and um, fifth graders move up to junior high Sunday school. That's right. So, yeah. Do you think doing, um, I mean, this is a little bit of a curveball question, but, but do you think doing a more relational style of Sunday school with kids? So first of all, we agree that that's the way to go rather than con content driven. But, but when people hear that, they think, oh, you're just dumbing down uh, the gospel. You're dumbing down. It's not that it's just that memorization of facts is not the number one goal. The, the, it might be a number four goal or, or there might be something. We definitely want them to get the content. It's not like we're not having biblical content. Um, but that the number one is that they are growing in their relationship with Jesus uh, more and more in a, in a kind of planned out holistic goal set way uh, from cradle to college. And so that when they get off on their own, then when somebody disputes a fact, it doesn't destroy their faith because that was never what their faith was built on. Uh, that's a little bit of a house of cards. It's, it's, they have a relationship with God and so <laughs> they can deal with uh, different information. All of that being said, we agree that's the way to go. That's how it should go. Do you think though it's, it's harder to staff that kind of Sunday school than a sort of, I would say, traditional content-driven Sunday school. Do you, do you find it harder or, is, or do you think I'm off? What I find hard is trying to get volunteers to wrap their head around what that kind of Sunday school looks like. So um, when you usually approach someone about um, being involved in Sunday school, their first idea is, no, I can't do that. I don't know enough. Um, and, um, I don't feel prepared. I don't. And, but when we start talking about is the relationship is asking questions of the kids, it's getting to know the kids and, and steering the content towards their everyday life and how it can be applied or they can see Jesus working and moving among them. And so when you talk about more of the relation and the questions and just being in someone's life, then you take away that fear of, Oh, I have to know everything, but, and you have to, somehow get past that that wall if and that usually takes a conversation and and it's not just a, a campaign and maybe even coming come and see and experience mm -hmm. it and see what you think kind of thing but as yeah. you're not in a long Lindsay is, is that kind of your similar as you recruit is that similar absolutely so you know we we've almost made it the joke around here when we're trying to get more volunteers that you don't have to be a bible scholar because you know, that is not necessary. You know, you can come in and the only thing we ask of you is that you believe in God, you love Jesus, and you're willing to share that love of Jesus with our kids and kind of model his love through your service to them in Sunday school. And so it's, it's so true because we will have volunteers who maybe 
have been teaching for a long time and they've been, you know, they've been with us through this process of switching curriculums. And so they know now what, what the expectation is and they get it and they've bought into it, but you'll have other, maybe other church members who haven't, they haven't been in Sunday school in a while. And so they, they don't realize like they come in thinking that they have to have prepped their own materials or that they, you know, they, they're not sure what they're coming into. And so we always say, just come, come try it out. We know you're never going to get here for a training. We've kind of given up on that, but we need to come in, work side by side with us, see what it's like in the classroom. And like the biggest thing is, is these kids leave here and they go into their school week. And the most important thing is what are they going to take with them from Sunday that you've helped instill in them about the love of like the love of God and how that's going to help them through the week until you see them again. That's really good. And I think this is, this is maybe speaking to churches, pastors that are listening in. I think one of the things about the environment that we're trying to create that relational space that is fun, but all engaging and relational. The whole point is we don't want to create another classroom. They've been in a classroom five days a week already. And you know, like how do we create something that, that is for them, that they're excited about, would love to invite their friends to, but, and they still get the, the content or sort of the heartbeat of the Christian faith instilled in them. And that's kind of what we're after. And so we, you know, think about it. And, and if you're just a practical person, if you think about scalability, if you're, if you want to grow your, your church or your, your Sunday school, a classroom-based Sunday school model is, is difficult to grow because you tap out at a certain point. If you have 12 kids, you can't ask a volunteer to come in and run a classroom of 12 or 15 kids. That's a professional teacher. They're trained to do that. But your average volunteer, that's just too much to ask, I think. And so if you go to this large group, small group-based model, what you have is people up front, great content, video content to engage with, and you can do it as a large group. So now your volunteers are there helping manage kids, keep them singing, have fun with them, but they're not running the classroom. And then you break out into small groups of, I don't know how many of you guys have, seven or eight kids in a, in a round table, 15 minute, 20 minute discussion or something. And now all you need to do when you, when you grow is for every seven or eight kids, you need one more person to say yes, rather than a whole nother classroom. Uh, to stock and, and to go. And so you yeah. can actually scale it a lot better that way too. And so I think there's a lot of good reasons as we grow or shrink, depending on classes as they come through, some are larger and some are smaller, that you can adapt more readily with a, a large group, small group format. So I think there's just practically speaking, there's a lot of wisdom there too, regardless of the content you present, whether it's really a fact-based Sunday school curriculum kind of thing, or a more relationally driven thing like we're doing with Orange. Um, I think that that model is is an effective one for where we are. Yeah, and so um so okay, so we're in summer, we've changed our our model a little bit to give our volunteers a break. Uh it's a little more low key. Uh the two of you have your feet in the sand, you're sipping Shirley Temples because <laughs> you only drink non-alcoholic beverages in the summer. Um so <laughs> no, but seriously, the other big thing that that becomes all consuming uh, is Vacation Bible School. VBS is something that has gone on for many, many years, and we continue to do. Um, I, I guess talking about, let's talk about the why behind VBS, and then talk a little bit about the what and how. How do, you know, what VBS and how do we go about doing it? Kind of what, what's our goal for, for VBS? I don't know, Lindsay, do you want to start just talking about sure. VBS? So VBS. So my experience is probably very different from Amanda's. I'm just guessing. Uh, the first time I saw VBS in action was actually as an adult when my daughter came for the first time. And I, cause I did not grow up in a practicing Christian home, had never attended myself as a child. 
And that week that I was here volunteering for the first time with her and she was in preschool, it was just transforming for me to see like what that week can do in the life of a kid and just how it can not only change their faith, but really to pull the family in and for them to decide, Hey, we should, we should be doing this more than just one week in the summer. And so that's the why, I mean, it's just, there's not many words to describe it. It's amazing when it's done right. And so now this will be my first year leading it like on my own as the director (laughs) and it can be a little overwhelming and feel a little challenging at times, but I like, I've been thinking a lot about it. And the biggest thing is to always start early. You know, you cannot, you can't over organize or over prepare, I think, and plan ahead for something like this and then have like a really solid base of people and support that you turn to. And I think the most important thing is to know your strengths and to know what aren't your strengths so that you know where you need help and who to pull from for it. That's great. Really good. And I know, Amanda, your first uh, team meeting or really significant team meeting is actually tomorrow night or Thursday night. or Thursday night, yeah. yeah. So it's in two days, yeah. Yeah. So today's Wednesday. Anyway, we lost track of our days. It's sun. The sun is out in Washington. So then everything is New Jersey. We don't even know what to do. We just kind of lose our minds. (laughs) But, um, and our VBS isn't until the second and third week of July or third and fourth week of July or whatever it is. It's way out. And so we, Amanda's been planning, though, for even longer than yeah, that. I've actually started looking at the curriculum um, in February and started pulling in a few supplies kind of as we go and things like that. So the things that aren't dependent upon that are just content based and so that aren't dependent upon volunteer input and ideas. So um, those things I've already started to assemble and, and, and gather so that um, when we start with the team, we're actually at the creativity um, side and, and logistics side. Yeah. And so, and, and if you're listening in, it's May, the beginning of May uh, or roundabouts, and you're thinking VBS, is that something that if it hasn't been started yet, is that something people could pull off, do you think? Or is this something, you know, better wait till next year? It really depends upon your scale that you really want to yeah. do. If you are um, a large church and want to do a big production, um, it, it would be hard to start pulling it off right now. But if you um, want to just create a fun uh, environment for kids and um, aren't concerned about all the props and things like that, um, of course it can be done. We used to do our VBS in a park. And so uh, that doesn't require as much as a big, you know, trees and things that you have to pull in to create the theme and the environment of a large production. Yeah, we did for a couple of years. This was fun. It's not working so much now, but we did a thing called Backyard Bible Club. So instead of VBS, we'd go to local parks, invite the community and just have them come to the park and we would do VBS there. It was a different environment. Mm-hmm. And we've, so we've gone back to more. Of the, yeah. Yeah. The and our park. purpose really for those were really outreach because um, we did like three in a park um, a summer and um, the kids would be pulled in who lived around that park. And so. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. And that was before we really had a, a large um, draw to Marine View uh, for children's ministry. And let's talk a little bit about about outreach. So the number one reason why uh, a lot of people believe you do VBS is for outreach. Actually, actually, that hasn't been my experience. My experience has been it's more of a discipleship opportunity for the kids that it does that usually parents 
do a couple of VBSs and, you know, sign their kids up to multiple VBS doesn't mean they're coming to your church. But the reason that I think it's important to do it is because you have a week to share Jesus with kids in a real engaging way. Sometimes that leads to a family coming to your church for sure. We've definitely seen that. But to me, the number one is, is the kid's relationship with Jesus because you could do so much more in that concentrated amount of time. Oh, yes. If you, if you look at it for the Sunday school environment, this, a week of VBS is equal to 15 weeks of Sunday school. Yeah. And so, um, so that's over a quarter <laughs> that you are concentrating in a five days and your staff is the same. And so you really do develop those relationships right. with the kids um, during that time. And I, I agree with you that it's not so much of an outreach, but as a spur on for relationship development with Jesus. And um, I love to see how that transforms the kids even outside and how they get excited about um, uh, how just the, the elements of VBS, they remember them. Um, I have families and parents come up to me a year later and said, when can I get the next CD? Because I am so tired of listening to the same <laughs> song. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Because the kids get excited about those. You know, if we just gave them the CD without having the camp experience, it would lay on their kitchen table or, you know, shoved into some shelf and they wouldn't, would not listen to because it. they sang it for a week and got mm-hmm. engaged with it. It makes a difference. And I would say, I would even argue, I think it's probably more than 15 weeks because families are coming two times a month now. And so really it's, it's really, if you want to put it in your terms, Amanda, it's kind of almost like a half a year worth of content and relationship. I mean, that's probably not quite fair because, um, but it's a big deal is what it comes down to is a unique opportunity to impact kids. And the other thing I was, I would say is, even beyond the impact it has on our kids, like the young ones, it has such an impact on all of our volunteers. Mm-hmm. You know, our adults, you see how they're transformed from that week and our high schoolers. You know, we have a lot of high schoolers here who help as crew leaders and sometimes assistant station leaders. And just the way they're able to connect and share their faith with the younger ones and then have like these younger kids look up to them and then see them all throughout the year at church is just amazing. Yeah, these these uh, teenagers become rock stars around here. Yeah, totally. I mean, they, yeah. I mean the kids are just like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they love us. We cool. always make the joke here that like, don't take offense, adults, but the kids don't want you as their crew leaders. They want those high school kids. They want the oh, high school yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds so like, do you guys hire some high school students to be part of the like an intern team, or how does that how does that work for you guys? We don't. We ask them to come in, and then they. Um, I don't know how it is for you there in Washington, but here, yeah. like all of our high schoolers need community service hours. So mm-hmm. then their week of VBS, or if they help in Sunday school, or like anything they help with or here at church, we give them hours for. Nice. I think we have to. We pay people. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> no, uh, not all of them. We do have. I, I have two different teams. I have a student leadership team and then an intern team. And so student leaders are, are volunteers and they um, can start helping as young as fourth grade um, and go all the way up through high school. And we do have some community hours that a few times I fill out forms, but mostly they're just there because they want to experience it or their friends are doing it. And so let me join them for the summer activity. And um, But I agree with you, it starts to really transform their lives as well. Uh, and then I do something a little bit unique, or we do, um, in the fact that we hire um, six high schoolers that really help throughout um, our school year, or summer, sorry. Excuse yeah, me. throughout the whole summer. Yeah. yeah. So um, half of their job is um, being our crew leaders 
for our VBS because we do VBS over two weeks to kind of make sure that we um, are really focusing on that relational development and our, our VBS doesn't get too big. <laughs> yeah. um, so they uh, are basically our crew leaders, um, the majority of our crew leaders for those two weeks. And so, um, and then outside of that, they become the staff for the, for the Sunday school program. That, that's awesome. So let's say, okay, I want to give two situations. Situation A is there is a pastor who's like, I definitely want to do VBS and I, you know, maybe I don't have a children's director, but I got some volunteers who are interested. I don't know where to start. Where do I get, where do I find curriculum? Is it worth it to buy the curriculum in a can that has all the stuff? Um, maybe, maybe both of you can just kind of speak to that. Cause I do know that there are people who are just like, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to pick. Uh, Lindsay, how, I mean, we're sort of in a rhythm definitely, but how, how should they be thinking about, you know, what to pick? Uh, I think the biggest thing is you just need to remember, and I know Amanda brought this up earlier, is that as times change and as culture changes, we have to be willing to change with it. And so we have to let go of the whole idea of, well, this is how we've always done it, or this is what we've done in the past. And you have to remember that these kids have access to anything and everything essentially at their fingertips, younger and younger. And we have to be able to use curriculum and teaching methods that will catch their attention and be engaging with them. So when, when we, and I was not on staff yet when we chose orange, but that was one of the reasons why um, our kids program used like turned to that and started using it was really because of the, we liked the fact that it could be a media based large group portion and then accompanied with small group where you have engagement with small group leaders in the classroom with the kids. And we just thought the combination of that and feeling like you're out of the classroom and you're in a sun, like a Sunday school environment, that's still, you're still worshiping, but you're really able to develop that relationship mm-hmm. with the kids and help them grow in their faith. Um, and so far, you know, there are always this tweaks along the way that we have to make with it. And sometimes, you know, no curriculum is perfect you're going to find things that work perfectly for your church and for your ministry. And then you'll see other things that you have to adjust, you know, sometimes, you know, just given the week, you have to change up. Um, But I think just being willing to make those changes is so important. Yeah. And, and interestingly, VBS led the way to orange in a lot of ways. VBS was doing uh, small group leaders and video content way before we ever switched our, our Sundays come out. In fact, one of the selling points was like, Hey kids, it's sort of like VBS, but we're going to do it all year long. And, and I think that was a real selling point. Now, you know, a pastor who doesn't have something going there, they look at like, I mean, I think we use group, right? We use groups of VBS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was, I thought maybe you're using orange's VBS. Yeah. So orange recently did a VBS, right? I mean, this is new, right? Orange's VBS. Which one are you guys doing? I think we're doing a group. Yeah, we're doing Yeah. Shipwreck. Okay. Okay. So some pastors look at that and they look at the price of it and they're like, you know, I I don't know. Is it, is it worth the money? I always say yes, because they give you a production value and they give you the ideas and all those things that it would just take you. You just can't do it as well. Usually. Um, I I don't know. What do you think you you guys use? I think it's cool. I already said uh, we were already recruiting volunteers and I said all hands on deck. I mean, you just give you branding to make it fun for everybody. And so, all of our recruiting stuff is built around that, the themes and it's already, 
a lot of the work that I would prefer Amanda not have to spend her time doing so she can f- focus on execution and relationships is done in advance. And of course, there's a ton that goes into it. And I, I always find Amanda in some supply closet somewhere working on something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it seems like. But so there's a lot that goes into it, even if you buy a curriculum. But I, I mean, your experience, we've done this for years. Yeah, You're yeah, a curriculum-based yeah. sort of. I, I'm a curriculum, and we have gone with the, the CAN um, curriculum. Um, but I have looked at other curriculums. At one point, we did go to um, a, a different source for one year, and then I went back. And the reason I went back was it was not as easy to um, to produce. And also, the focus um, was more on um, facts. And so I want that relational. Um, and so the, when we look at group, I'm looking at a lot of time spent in discussion groups and circle groups where they are talking about what they just experienced and how it applies to their life. And so that really transforms and, and, and relates to what we're doing on Sundays. Yeah. And that, and that whole group philosophy is very similar to Orange in that they, they use uh, the word real, that it's uh, relational, experiential, active learning. And um, learner focused. Yeah. You know, so I I mean, that's, yep. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so if you're a smaller church, say, and and you go, okay, there's a big sticker shock kind of thing maybe that happens when you look at something like that. Is there ways to save on costs associated? Maybe you pay a lot for the curriculum, but are there ways to kind of recoup some of that back? Um, Not so much by charging people more money, but how do you save? I know, Amanda, you're, you know, you work hard to save. How do you, do that? What are some things you can do to kind of cut costs? Um, well, first of all, um, I take out um, the cost of the snacks because that can be quite a large for if you're looking at 80 kids or 60 kids a week and you're looking at, and um, that equally comes to like $1,000. So taking out that and asking parents to volunteer for an item of the snacks. And so we actually pay no money for food during the BBS week because the parents volunteer. And or other people that. from church. There's yeah. Some people can't be there. They work all day long. So they bring a bag of you know marshmallows or whatever it is mm-hmm. you serve for snacks at BBS. And, um, and they can serve that way. So, yeah. okay, nice. So other things that we've done is um, while group provides certain um, elements, there's sometimes ways that you can um, outsource it to another source and make it for cheaper. Um, for an example, they have um, little bands that they use to um, help kids remember to watch for God in their everyday life. But you can go and ask another company to go and print those for you um, at half the cost. So there's things like that that can be done. Yeah. Sorry, group. Sorry. Don't. Sorry, don't. those yeah. scans are way too much money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's other things that can be done to keep the kits um for the per students things, there's things that you don't have to pop buy that you can find other creative ways to have the same effect. Yeah. And we even, uh, last year, after we were done with our VBS set, there was another local church whose VBS was the following week, and we actually gave everything to them, which was a huge help for them so that they didn't have to you know, eat that decorating cost that they really didn't have the budget for. Yeah. We did the same thing. And also last year I had another church um, call me and ask if they could use an old curriculum. Yeah, and I was going to say that's another way. Getting in my closet. And so I said, here, come. Take yeah, it off. What do you do with all those cans? <laughs> Take it off. Yeah. They're, they're nice decorating. Things. And I think that's one thing for maybe if you're a mid-sized church or something a little larger and you can afford to pull the trigger and you have a children's director and you build great sets and all that, do share it. There's no reason to toss that stuff out yeah. or push it into the back of a closet. And so um, 
I don't know. How do you get the word out about that? Do you just post it on Facebook or do you have, like, well, how do you I, get... and no, I didn't do anything. Do you use the interweb? the interweb? The interweb. <laughs> That's they, right. They, they contacted me. So, yeah. And, um, so there's ways. Yeah. Um, let's see. VBS recruiting the team. Um, it's kind of a big deal. There's a lot of people that are involved. How do you guys tackle that aspect of VBS to kind of make it a church wide effort? You put the information out as early as you can. <laughs> you know, that's what we did here. We um, first reached out to our, you know, volunteers that we have had in the past that we know like to come and then reach out to our Sunday school volunteers and just let them know, like, this is when it is. We try to have the last few years, we've really tried to have it on the same week every summer so that people know they build it into their calendar. And then not only can their kids attend, but they know that they can carve out that time to be here. And then really just get them the information you have so you can start recruiting, getting them into their spots and giving them the information they need so they can be prepared. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also it's really helpful is letting them know what they can do. Um, There are many um, opportunities, both with kids and behind the scenes. And so things that happen in May and June, if you're not available during the VBS weeks, you can do things prior to that and do things at home. And so letting people know that there are a variety of ways that they can help out and come on board. So we have um, four different teams that we're, we're looking for. We're looking for um, a planning team, a gathering team, a build team, and then a, a rescue theme, team. And that goes along with our theme of shipwreck. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think there's, you know, Amanda did a great job. She made this sort of reclaim the wood display with a bunch of little cards with tear offs and, you know, all the cool stuff that you children's ministry people know how to do that Jason and I would totally fail at. But like, I think there's fun, attractive ways to get people engaged and to say, hey, this is a church wide thing. And whether you can just provide the snack, it's, that's a big deal, or you can help build the set, or you can actually get in there and mix it up with the kids. There's ways for everybody to engage. And so that's, we try and yeah. kind of frame it that way a little bit. And we want our uh, to our volunteers to have such a good experience that they want to recruit. They want to tell other people about it. And so um, how, even how I plan my meetings has changed. It's not a sit-down meeting. It's an experiential meeting so they can start thinking about and looking at how it would be for them to step into a particular role. Um, and then, like, we give them T-shirts early so they can start walking around at, at church with them and let people know that they are on the team. Join me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I love it. That's a great idea. I love it. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Lindsay and Amanda. Um, and thank you for all of your really important and awesome work, uh, working with kids and families at our churches. I mean, as you know, it's like every time we – Every time we do something and we just kind of look around and be like, that was awesome. We also have the same thought. It's like, this is just scratching the surface. And so um, if all of our pastors can just pray for all of our, all of our kids, all of our families, all of our folks trying to make a difference. And don't forget that even, you know, if you're a solo pastor, I mean, been there, done that solo pastor where you're doing the bulletin every week, you are the kids director, you are the student, you're, you're the everything. I have still seen amazing vacation Bible school programs uh, simply with a small church. In fact, in some ways it's better because you get everybody involved and it feels like a family and it could be just as powerful as having a couple of hundred kids. So um, if pastors or leaders have questions and they want to shoot you an email or follow you, um, how can folks contact the both of you? Because um, you're the experts. 
Well, if you want to contact me, uh, the easiest probably way is email. It's lindsay at towerhillchurch.org. Excellent. How about you? Um, mine is amanda at marineviewpc.org. There you go. And right. if anybody wants their cell phone number so they can direct dial them in the middle of BBS <laughs> to get info, I will provide that. If you message me on Facebook, I'll give you their numbers. Uh, you can have a helpline uh, for your BBS. But anyway, yeah, thank you so much to both of you for what you're doing. And honestly, we were talking about this. There's another topic that came up that um, is, doesn't matter how good the sermons are, the, the worship music is. If we don't have a solid children's or kids experience for families, um, they're not coming back. And so um, thank you for helping create that and giving families a reason to be at church and engaged uh, in their faith development. And so, uh, yeah, can't wait to see how things keep going for you, Lindsay, a year in. And uh, Amanda's 10 years in. You guys are both doing work that matters. So uh, keep up the good work. Absolutely. And, and Amanda, don't worry, in two weeks, you'll have another service to think about. Oh, That's I'm right. sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, uh, glad to have teammates in ministry that are tackling something like children's kids world because it's, um, it's such a, a tremendously important part of ministry. It always has been. And we want to leave a legacy with the next generation and kind of the, the, what we're longing for is to see them get it about Jesus and then live for Jesus through their childhood into the middle and high school and all the way through their adult lives. And so what we do early on for kids just matters a ton. And I don't think we could uh, overstate that. And so I'm yeah. glad, glad to get to have Amanda and Lindsay with us and to kind of just share some of the things they're working on. I'm sure there's a whole bunch more that they would say. And I'm sure, you know, I interrupted them a lot with, you know, useless pastor <laughs> stuff, but it's great that we got to have that conversation with them and that they got to share some of their strategy and, and thinking about how they approach, you know, uh, kids ministry. And so um, you kind of had some takeaways that, you know, for you kind of the key thing for senior leaders to be working on with their children's folks, whether they're volunteers or uh, staff. And so just share that. I thought that was so good and, and kind of getting on the same page about the why. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we mentioned it in the conversation in their interview, but I feel like for senior pastors, whoever your children's staff leader is, whether it's a paid director, part-time, full-time, whatever, or if it's a volunteer, the key is, is you have to have the kind of relationship with that person that you are on the same page with your why, because you could always change the how and the what. But if, if you're on the same page with the why, it's going to make everything else work. And I think that's the most, that was the most important takeaway is we were in that conversation. I'm like, uh, it actually wasn't awkward when, when I was, I was just laughing at myself and I was sharing a bit from the conference, but mm-hmm. actually wasn't awkward because we've really been having this conversation for a long time um, because we do talk about the why, um, yeah. you know, often where we are. Yeah. And I think it's so crucial and, and it's a good lesson to, to do that in other areas of the church too. Why, why does this matter? Why are we doing it? But in particularly if as senior leaders, we can keep the, why we put so many resources towards youth and children's ministry, that next generation stuff, why that matters so much. I think it helps us cast a vision for other people in the church that are maybe don't quite get it. Don't quite see, you know, why, do you, why does 30% of the budget go to that world or whatever it ends up yeah. being, you know, it's a big chunk, right? Between salaries and budgets and space in the church and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, anyway, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on with that. So, 
was glad for that conversation. Um, look forward. I'm sure we'll get to have them on again sometime as we're thinking about other kinds of things in the, in the kids ministry world. And um, it's always fun to get to share some of our staff with you too. Uh, and as you probably noticed, and you listen in, you know, it's staff dynamics. We're always trying to work on that stuff and have relationships that are, are kind of that team based approach to stuff where um, we're in it together. So um, yeah, so glad to get to sit here again with you, Jason, and talk shop and talk ministry and uh, look forward to having more conversations as we go along. Just want to remind people that if you would like to connect with us, you can always email Jason or Jesse at reclaimleader.com. Check us out on our, our Facebook page. Uh, if you leave us a review or something on iTunes, uh, that's helpful. Um, we just want to continue the conversation and kind of build a, a group of friends, a network of, of ministry people that are trying to figure this thing out together. And so uh, that's that's what we're after. And if this is useful for you, we're, we're glad about it. We'd love to hear about it. So uh, anything, Jason, you want to leave with us before we sign off? That's it. Just, uh, you know, praying for all of you leaders out there. Remember that that the work that you're doing matters, especially when you feel like it doesn't. And uh, to hang in and really selfishly, you know, we're developing a group of friends to help us continue to navigate change in our churches because it truly takes, it takes so much encouragement and support uh, to do that because it's hard work and it's uh, emotional work and it's draining work. Like it's very exciting and everything, but, but it's draining. It it takes a toll. So it's to have that support, to have people you can lean on and know that you're not crazy. They have the same issues going on in their church. I think, uh, I think it's really great. So uh, thanks everyone for listening in and I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey. 